The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. The owner had a problem, and he needed a solution. The trouble is, nothing would work. He owned a high-rise office building in New York City. It was clean, it was modern, it was full of amenities, and people loved it. What they did not love was waiting for the elevator. Especially during peak hours, those elevator wait times felt excessively long. So the people complained. A lot. It got so bad that companies in the building threatened to break their leases and relocate unless the elevator problem was solved. So the owner got to work. He consulted architects, but they said the design of the building made it impossible to install more elevators. He talked with engineers, but they could not safely increase the speed at which the elevators moved. He tried putting up signs encouraging people to take the stairs, but that went about as well as you would expect. It just led to people being sweaty, out of breath, and even more upset with the elevator situation. Running out of time and desperate for answers, the owner turned to his interns, one of whom had a very unique take on the problem. This intern reasoned that people weren't complaining because they had to wait for an elevator, they did that every day. He thought they were complaining because as they waited, they got bored. So his solution was rather unorthodox. He suggested installing mirrors near each elevator boarding area. That way, as you were waiting, you weren't just staring at a blank stretch of wall. Now you could look in a mirror, maybe fix your hair, or sneak a peek at the people around you. With no other solutions in sight, the owner decided to go ahead and install the mirrors, and surprisingly, it worked. Within days of the mirrors going up, complaints about the elevators went down, dropping to almost zero. Now, was that an underhanded solution? Possibly. Was it clever? Definitely. But the real lesson of that high-rise elevator story is that sometimes tough problems require simple solutions. In today's gospel, our Savior Jesus faces not one, but two tough problems, and he has to come up with a solution for both of them. See if you can identify those two problems Jesus is facing as we read again from today's gospel in Matthew 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is God's word. That first verse you heard summarizes everything Jesus had been doing so far in his ministry. You might call him a road warrior because he was constantly traveling, going to every town and every village throughout the northern part of Israel. 
And as Jesus traveled, he stayed quite busy. He was busy preaching. He was busy teaching. He was busy healing. He first preached a message of full and free forgiveness through the Savior. He then elaborated and expounded on that message by teaching in the synagogues and streets. He healed the blind, the sick, the paralyzed. He drove out demons. He raised the dead. And as you can imagine, this was wildly popular among the people. What was not to love about Jesus? He was a powerful preacher, a tremendous teacher, a helpful healer. It's no wonder. Huge crowds of people flocked to see him. But that was problem number one for Jesus. Those people. More precisely, it wasn't the people themselves. It was their spiritual state, the condition of their heart. Did you catch how Matthew described them? He said they were harassed and helpless, meaning that, spiritually speaking, these people were fatigued and forlorn. They were dejected and deserted. They were hurting and helpless. Matthew said they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were untended, unprotected, unable to help themselves. Without a spiritual shepherd who could guide them to see Jesus, these people were on a path heading towards spiritual danger and death. And that was a problem. It was a problem back in Jesus' time. Is it still a problem today? Are there people who, like shepherdless sheep, are wandering into spiritual danger? Are there people worn out and exhausted from trying to earn their way into heaven, not knowing, not realizing that Jesus has already earned heaven for them? Are there people hurt by sin or helpless because of unbelief? Absolutely, there are. You know people like that. You work with people like that. You live next to people like that. You go to school with people like that. But the question is, how do you view those people, the ones who don't know about Jesus? Do you view them as somebody else's problem? Ah, Pastor and vicar, they'll take care of them. Do you view them as people who you know you should help, but who has the time, and right now it just feels like a burden in your already busy life? Do you view them as people who don't really need or perhaps don't really deserve to be helped? I think it's time we started viewing those people the same way Jesus did. And Matthew chapter 9 tells us that when Jesus saw those people, he had compassion on them. Compassion, a word that literally means to suffer with someone. His heart went out to them, and their hurts became his hurts. Their sorrows became his sorrows. Jesus empathized, he sympathized, and he wanted to help. But before Jesus could help, before he could solve problem number one and fix the spiritual state of their heart, he first had to solve problem number two. And problem number two comes up as Jesus is gazing out over this great crowd of people that has surrounded him. And as he looks out over them, he sees more than just a multitude of hurting people. He sees them in a different light. He sees a field 
of souls. Souls ripe for the harvest, souls ready to be brought into God's kingdom. And that's when Jesus utters those very famous words, words which are both very true and very problematic. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, there were so many people who needed to hear about Jesus, and there were so few people who were telling them about Jesus. Some simple math confirms this. Jesus plus his 12 disciples made for 13 workers. 13. In a harvest field of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people. The math was against them. There was simply too much to do and not enough time to do it. Too many people to tell about Jesus and not nearly enough people who were telling them about Jesus. There was no way they could reach every single soul in their harvest field with the good news of Jesus. And that was a problem. It was a problem back in Jesus' day. And today? Well, today it's an even bigger problem. Because today our harvest field of souls is definitely plentiful. Right now on earth, we have over seven and a half billion people, and every single one of them needs to hear about Jesus. Seven and a half billion. That is a staggeringly huge number. And I don't know if we always grasp just how many people seven and a half billion really is. So think about it this way. Imagine that you wanted to count every person on earth, and you could count one person per second about this speed. One, two, three. And you could count like that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no breaks, no stopping, no eating, no sleeping, no resting. All you did was count. If you could count like that, it would take you over 31 years to count to one billion. And we have seven and a half billion people and counting. Which means that if you wanted to count every person alive on earth at this very second who needs to hear about Jesus, it would take you over 230 years of nonstop counting. Now, maybe you see a few problems with that, right? First problem, you're not going to live to be 230 years old. I hate to break it to you, it's just not going to happen. Second problem, even if you could live that long, you cannot spend every second of almost two and a half centuries counting people. You need time to eat and sleep and rest, and that adds a lot of time to an already lengthy task. Third problem, we're not just trying to count people, are we? We're trying to reach them with the good news of Jesus. And last I checked, it takes a little longer than one second per person to talk to someone and get to know them and share the Savior with them. Fourth problem, there's people dying every day. And if we're going to reach them with the good news of Jesus before they die, that's the goal after all, we're going to have to crisscross the globe to find them and all that traveling adds even more time. Fifth problem, there's more people being born every day than there are dying each day, which means as big as that number seven and a half billion is, it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger every single day. Do you get the point? It's impossible. It's impossible for one person 
or one congregation to tell everyone in the world about Jesus. Even if you ignore the 30% of people who call themselves Christian, that's still over 5 billion people who don't know about Jesus. There is simply no way that we can reach every single one of them with the good news of the Savior. And that is a problem. So, quick review. Problem number one is the spiritual condition of someone who doesn't know about Jesus. And problem number two is the staggeringly huge number of people who don't know about Jesus. And as you think about those problems, as you turn them over in your mind, it might seem like these are problems without solutions, without answers, like they are insurmountable, unsolvable. But I have good news. The good news is that these problems do indeed have a solution, one solution for both problems, and it's a solution straight from the mouth of Jesus himself, so you know it is a perfect solution. Jesus gives us this perfect solution in the last verse of today's gospel when he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's it. That's the solution. Like hanging a mirror near an elevator, it is simple and effective. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus says that's not a problem at all. Let's get more workers. Let's get more faithful pastors, more teachers in our Lutheran school system, more witnesses for Jesus on a daily basis. And let's get those people the best possible way. Let's put the problem in God's hands. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Pray like crazy that God would give us more pastors and teachers, more workers and witnesses. So that's what we do. We ask. We pray. My congregation up in Wisconsin, we do that. Your church here in Georgia, you do that. Churches all over the country, all over the world are doing just that. We are asking, we are praying, but where are the workers? I ask that question because as you look around our national church body, you might notice that we need a lot of workers. And you might be tempted to think that maybe, just maybe, God is not answering our prayers. Because if God were answering our prayers, then we would not need about 90 pastors in our churches. But we do. And if God were answering our prayers, then our Lutheran elementary school system, one of the crown jewels of our church body, would not need about 100 teachers. But we do. Now just think about that for a moment. 90 churches that want pastors, and they don't have one. 100 Lutheran classrooms that need teachers, they don't have one. And that's just to plug the holes we currently have. 
If we keep on telling people about Jesus the way God wants us to, if we keep on growing our current school system and starting new churches and expanding our existing congregations, well, we're going to need a lot more than 190 pastors and teachers. And oh, by the way, that's just the called worker side of things. That's saying nothing about the scores of everyday Christian witnesses that we need. We are asking, we are praying, but where are the workers. Once again, Jesus provides the answer. In fact, he provides a couple of different answers. One answer to that question, where are the workers, is a school. Luther Preparatory School, the school that I work for and represent, the school that just last month sent six high schoolers down to help with Faith's soccer camp. Located about 900 miles from here in Watertown, Wisconsin, Luther Prep is a high school owned and operated by our entire church body, which makes Luther Prep your school. And at Luther Prep, we have one mission, to prepare our high school students to be Lutheran pastors and teachers, to be witnesses for Jesus. Just over half of our 400 students become pastors and teachers, and they tell people about Jesus from pulpits or classrooms. The other half of our students are not pastors and teachers, but they tell people about Jesus at home, at work, or across the backyard fence. Wherever they come from, wherever they go, Luther Prep students are one answer to that question, where are the workers? But make no mistake, they are not the only answer. No, Jesus gives us another answer to that question, where are the workers? And this answer, it's not technically in our gospel for today, which is the closing words of Matthew chapter 9, but it's in the very next words of scripture, where Jesus tells his disciples to come towards him, he gives them instructions, and then he sends them out. He sends them out to go tell people, about him. Do you see what he's doing there? Just think through how this played out in real time. At the end of Matthew 9, Jesus says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So what do his disciples do? They fold their hands, they pray like crazy that God would send out more pastors and teachers, more workers and witnesses. And then in the very next words of scripture, no sooner have the disciples finished their prayer than there's Jesus standing in front of them, pointing and saying, now you go be the workers you just prayed for. It's a powerful lesson. Isn't it? Jesus made the disciples the answer to their own prayers. He was showing them that the answer to their prayers for more workers was much closer than they thought. And my friends in Jesus, that's what God wants you to know today. That the answer to your prayers for more workers in God's harvest field is much closer than you think because you are the answer to those prayers. You can be someone who tells others about Jesus. You can be a worker in God's harvest field. You can tell people about Jesus in all sorts of different ways. The young men of this church can tell people about Jesus by being a pastor. 
a pastor who preaches sermons which point people straight to their Savior, a pastor who baptizes and instructs the young and the old, a pastor who looks people in the eye and tells them without any doubt, your sins are forgiven because Jesus died for you. The young women and young men of this church, you can tell people about Jesus by being a teacher in one of our Lutheran schools, a teacher who brings Jesus to school children every single day, a teacher who patiently explains God's word so their students can understand it, a teacher who encourages their students to show Jesus to their friends and family and classmates. Everyone at this church, you can tell people about Jesus by being a believer. A believer who shines the love of Christ into the lives of those around you. A believer who injects the message of Jesus into everyday conversation. A believer who makes it your personal mission to tell as many people as possible about the Savior who loves them. You can be that person. You can be a worker in God's harvest field. You can be someone who tells others about Jesus. You can be the answer to our prayers. You can help the helpless and heal the hurting by bringing them God's amazing love. You can shepherd the lost sheep by guiding them to see Jesus as their Savior. You can go out and work in God's harvest field with such energy and passion that the entire harvest field is gathered in and heaven is bursting at the seams. You can help an enormous crowd or a single person by doing one of the simplest things, by telling them about Jesus. So, where are the workers? It's a good question. It's a tough question. But like that high-rise elevator problem, the solution is simple. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Pray like crazy that God would give us more faithful pastors and teachers, more workers and witnesses. But then look around, because the answer to your prayers is a lot closer than you think. The answer is in the mirror. The answer is you. Amen. Amen.